And we wholeheartedly believe that, that we want to see the kingdom now, that we want to see God at work in and through our cities across the whole state. And so I want to say to you tonight, hey, if this is your first time here, this, we're, this is something new we're doing. Rally's going to now be gathering on the first Tuesday and the third Tuesday. And the whole game plan of tonight is I'm going to share quickly tonight around relationships and dating, and I hope it encourages you. And then we're going to have a massive worship set on the back end and just go after the presence of God together. And so are you ready? Are you ready for the Word of God? Come on, are you ready? Are you ready for the Word of God? All right, fantastic. So we're talking about dating tonight and this idea of, of, of shaping the future. And if we're going to shape the future, we have to have healthy relationships. And so if you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me to Matthew chapter 7, and that's where we're about to be in a moment. But before we get there, we need to address a few things in the room. Are there any single people in the room? This is where you get loud. Hey, single people, this is your opportunity. Are there any single people in the room? Okay, okay, that, that's your people right there, okay, so in, in, the reality is in church culture, I need you to hear me and look at me, there can often be associated with singleness within church culture, it's like, I got to get out of this real quick, like it's a disease, I got to get out of singleness, like, ah, I can't do this, but I need you to hear tonight that there's two kinds of things when it comes to singleness, is that it's better to prepare for the storm before you're in the storm that it's better to have a framework of where you want to go in life when it comes to your dating. So as you're a single person right now, you don't need to rush into dating, but you should wrestle with this idea of where do you want to go? What do you want to do when it comes to dating? But then there's also other people who genuinely feel called to singleness. And singleness is a gift. If you are single in this season of your life, review it and understand that it is a gift for you in this season. And know that God has things for you. Jesus was, was single, so you're in good company, okay? Uh, are there any dating people in the room? Oh, just kind of playing it cool, like, yeah, man, we're just dating, like, it's, it's low-key, you know. But, but hey, if, you, if you're dating here tonight, I really hope that you feel encouraged, that there might be some things that might align maybe the way you're dating, there might be some challenge, maybe you feel encouraged, and there honestly, candidly, might be some people who break up, like, spoiler alert, but we're going to be talking about dating tonight, and then are there any married people in the room? Whoa, let's go, married people, making some noise, marriage is good. Uh, for me and my fellow married people, uh, the dating doesn't stop, the, the pursuit doesn't stop. So I think tonight we are talking to multiple categories of people, but we have to understand and identify the reality that there is this moment in culture that we call dating from hello, nice to meet you, to hello, oh my goodness, you're coming down the aisle and I'm about to be marriage covenant with you for the rest of my life, I'm about to marry you. There's a middle gap, Right? And well, that's what we're going to be talking about tonight is the middle. And the truth of the matter is we have to wrestle with this reality that we live in a culture in a day and age where dating could be dangerous, okay? It's, it's risky, it's challenging, it, it might cause some heartbreak, and if we don't, majority of us don't have the skills like Taylor Swift to write love songs and make lots of money from our heartbreak, like it can hurt Dating, uh, can anyone agree? Is, is it a challenging thing, these waters are called dating? Okay, so we're going to be talking tonight about this concept of dating, but before we talk about it, we need to ask the question, why do we date? Have you ever paused and thought about why date? Because if you were to look, okay, well, why do I date? Well, let me get my Bible and let me see what's in here. The reality is you're not going to find a book on dating. 
dating is not in the Bible. It's not like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and then the book of dating. It's like, where is dating in this thing? But Jesus has a lot to say about becoming a follower of him. He has a lot to say about marriage. He has a lot to say about who are we becoming. And we need to recognize and understand that dating is just a 20th century thing. It was only created really within the last 100 years. And there has been multiple ways in which you could put from the hello from I meet you to hello at my wedding of romantic pursuit. There's arranged marriage in Eastern culture. And you might be like, oh, that sounds a bit strange. Well, that's probably the main thing you would find in the Bible. But I just became a dad, and i got to be honest with you, I think it's a great idea. Let's, let's make, a, make a partnership here. Like, I, I, could, I could do the right thing. But in the Eastern culture, that's still something that happens to this day. And it's very much a public thing done between families. And honestly, there's research that there's so much goodness that comes out of arranged marriage. There's other ways cultures have, have this romantic pursuit, but we live in a Western culture that has dating. And so I want us to look tonight at the words of Jesus and wrestle through, well, if, how does Jesus want us to live? And therefore, how is that informing the way in which we would date? But you need to understand this, that dating is a process, it's not just a status. Okay, you need to think through in your mind when you're making a decision when you are dating or if you are dating, that dating is a process. It has movement to it. It should be going somewhere. It's not just a label and a status that we have, okay? But with that, there is an offer on the table that majority of people would long for a great marriage one day. That when we read in Scripture that marriage is a beautiful thing, and maybe in culture people say the, the construct of marriage is dead, but I would say if I, I were to sit down to anyone who maybe longs for a few things, would you like someone who's with you in sickness and health? They'll say yes. Would you like someone who's with you in the good times and the bad? They'll probably say yes. Would you like someone who brings safety and security? They'll say yes. You see, this is marriage, okay? This is God's design, the beautiful partnership between two people. But you need to ask the question, okay, if I want a great marriage one day, you need to wrestle with and ask two questions. Who are you going to date and how will you date? Because anyone can get a date. Like you can just go out, lower your standards real low and, and just good luck, okay? But you need to wrestle with this idea of I want a great marriage one day that I believe is, is possible. So I need to really wrestle through the two questions of who will I date and how will I date, okay? So this is why we come to these words in, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. This is where Jesus is talking and teaching in the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus, if, if you aren't familiar, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he's giving his teaching, which is, which is shaping the way in which he wants the followers of Jesus to, to act and to behave and what the kingdom is like. And he has this climactic moment at the end of Matthew 7, where he's given all his teachings and what it's like to be a follower of Jesus, and it ends with Jesus' declaration upon what will you do after my teaching. And that's what I want us to read tonight. It says this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who's built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine, does, who does not do them, will be like a foolish man who's built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against this house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. 
Really quickly, if you're taking notes tonight, which I encourage you to do, title of a message is real simple, Who to Date? Who to Date? Because when we read this passage of Scripture, we read about Jesus is declaring, He's given all His teachings, and He says, hey, check this. There are two kinds of people in life who are going to hear my words and do my words. They're like a man who builds his house upon a rock, a firm foundation. And when all the chaos of the world comes and pushes against that house, it does not fall. But then there's another kind of person who builds a house upon sand. This is like someone who doesn't do my teachings and it crumbles when the world hits. And this might be a text that you've probably heard many a time before. But the reality is that we are all building something with our lives. The question is, what are you building your foundation on? What what are you building, on what foundation are you building your life on? Think about it for a moment. You are building something with your life. But what are you building your life upon? Is it upon the ways of Jesus? Is it upon the teachings of Jesus? Or are you just letting culture determine and dictate the way in which you will live? And through that lens, as we look at this reality of Jesus' teaching, He says, hey, will you build your life upon the rock? Because everything's chaos is going to hit you, but you will stand if you do this. And this has radical implications upon the ways in which we date. Okay? Now, I am a little bit familiar with dating, okay? I am married. I'm married to, to my amazing wife, Taylor. But there, it hasn't always been this beautiful romance between me and Taylor, okay? I, 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 let me give you some facts. We've been uh, in, this is very bad. I shouldn't do this in front of people. We'll be married in April, yes, for seven years, okay? There you go. The, boys, don't do that with a microphone in your hand. You've got to know the facts, okay? We'll be married for seven years. Uh, we've been together, I believe, about a decade, dating, marriage, all that good stuff. Um, Taylor was actually my, my first girl that I ever kissed, the first girl I ever went on a date with. We got married, and life is good. And it sounds romantic on the outside, and if you were to put a, put a name on it, who knows what movie you could call it. But I would kind of describe our story from behind the scenes as like how to lose a guy in 10 days. Like this, this is the, the pursuit from Taylor was to say, I don't want you, Josh, in my life at the very beginning stages, okay? The romance started with Taylor and I at a, at a high school party. It was actually Taylor's party. And, and we, were, we were hanging out. Taylor and I had been friends for a while. And, and Taylor was looking good this night. Like, like, you know, when you go to a party, the girl's looking good. And it's like, yeah, she looks nice. And, and, and we're kind of vibing, a little bit of flirtation going on, you know what I mean? But she was in a fling with another guy at the, at the time, so it was a little bit complicated. Uh, but, but I remember the moment when, when these feelings came up welling within me for Taylor. So at the end of the party, um, you know the time at parties when, when you just go and take photos, like capture the memory, does it, you know what I'm talking about? So we're at the time taking photos, and, and I say to Taylor, hey, Taylor, let's get a photo together. And so Taylor comes to my right side, and I put my arm around Taylor, and then we're about to smile, three, two, one. And just before we go to take the photo, my best friend Zeb decides he wants in on the photo, and he kind of tries and jumps in, and I did something that changed the trajectory of my life. I put my hand out towards, towards Zeb and I push his chest and push him out of the photo. And at that moment of connection with him, it was like this electricity came within me. I'm like, who is this angel next to me? You know what I'm saying? Like, this is true love. I go, I go home that night and I, I'm just like, oh my goodness, she's been here the whole time. Like, I've known her. She's been my friend. She's beautiful. She loves Jesus. Oh my goodness, I'm going to marry this girl. 
I then start what I like to call the borderline stalkish pursuit of Taylor. Uh, I, I, would, I went to a private Christian school and, and in Australia you wear uniforms and, and so I, I would try and act tough and I'd untuck my shirt just a little bit and walk past her and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm a tough Christian boy. Like I got, I got my shirt tucked out and break rules a little bit but not too much and that didn't work too much, and I, I need you to picture in your mind, I'm the six foot six lanky kid who, who kind of looks like an avatar on legs, just walking, just because I, I haven't really grown into my body yet, and I've got pimples and long fuzzy hair, and I'm trying to just be a dork and impress this girl, and I would go home at night and, and, and sit on my desktop computer in the, in the living room of my family house, and this was before iPhones and laptops, all that good stuff, and so I'm sitting on this computer, and my mom would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, mom, don't worry about it, like, I'm, I'm just waiting, and, and I'll be waiting on MSM Messenger, which is like Snapchat version 10 years ago or whatever, and I'll be waiting on MSM Messenger, and, and I'll wait for Taylor's name to appear, for the green dot to appear, and I'll be like, hey, Taylor, how you doing? Hey, Taylor, how you doing? Hey, Taylor, how you doing? every single afternoon but then one day the green dot didn't appear anymore I'm like what's going on then the next day no green dot then the next day no green dot then I find out that Taylor had blocked me it's like I was trying to be Shakespeare through the keys and and nothing nothing was working you know but I'm just trying to win this girl over and go months go by, months go by. My heart's getting broken, but I'm just crazy about this girl. And I, I truly have no idea. It's probably six months, nine months, who knows. Finally, Taylor lets me take her out on a date, but she still just wasn't that interested. She's like, you're a nice guy, so let's try this thing out. And your boy was trying to do everything he had. I'll go to her house and draw, like this is kind of creepy, so don't do what I do. So I got up early one day in my car, drove to her house, got chalk, and like drew on her, her dad's driveway, like, I love you, Taylor, or something. That's creepy, don't do that. And I was just trying to do everything I could to win this girl over. Um, and I think we have a picture of us, uh, this high school romance. If Oh, look at us there. That's just true love right there, you know. God can do great things. But we started this pursuit of dating, right? And I tell these stories to say that we had the good times and we had the... You can pull that photo down. That's way too much air time for that photo. My goodness. But we had the good times and the hard times. I remember the moment where me and Taylor nearly broke up because I was a loser. Straight up. I remember the times when we made mistakes and we did things we didn't want to do. And I know the challenge of dating, but... We got married, and, and praise God, it was a sweet romance, you know, but, but there's challenge when it comes to dating. But I've learned something in dating that, that you should not, this is a tip for the married folk in the room, never go on a date with someone without knowing where you're going. What I mean by this is still to this day, one of the things that frustrates Taylor the most is, is we'll get the babysitter over, Georgia might come over, our babysitter, and, and, and we'll, we'll, we'll be going on a date, but I haven't determined the destination upon where we're going to date. So we'll get in the car, we'll be driving, Taylor's like, so where are we going? I'm like, I don't know, where do you want to go? And it just hits her in the soul. She's like, you haven't made a decision upon where we're going to go? You need to put in the, we need to pull over the car right now, make a decision. I'm like, babe, we'll figure it out. I say all this to say that it's much more important when it comes to relationships to put in the GPS of your life the destination upon where you want to go. I need you to hear this tonight. I'm going to, I want to really speak into the heart of Rally that I believe that there are people who are departing for a destination when it comes to dating, but they don't have the destination in mind upon where they want to go. 
It is so important in your life to put in the GPS of your life what is the trajectory upon where you want to go. And let the destination upon where you want to go inform the way in which you will live. So that's why tonight when we're talking about dating, I need you to get in your mind. Have you determined the destination upon where you want to go when it comes to dating and relationships? Have you determined what you want from these relationships that you will enter into? And that's when we read this passage of Scripture, we find Jesus' instructions of, hey, will you come and follow me? Will you, you read about the ways in which Jesus invites us into doing life with him? And it finishes, hey, build your life upon the firm foundation. It's the first thing you need to think through when it comes to building. This is what I want to talk about tonight. Building is building upon Jesus. Very simply, when it comes to relationships in your life, I want you to look through this lens of building upon Jesus. Think through it very simply. There's an invitation on the table for you to come and follow Jesus and build upon the life of Jesus. Don't just settle for what the world has to offer you. Don't just settle for culture dictating the way in which you'll live, but build your life upon Jesus. Because in this story, we read about this rock. This rock is Jesus. Jesus is the firm foundation. He is the one that we are building our life upon. And I see in culture two ways in which people are dating is for for a young man or woman to think through this. Culture puts before us transactional dating. What can this person do for me? If I date this person, I'll climb a social ladder. She'll look really good next to me on my my photos and and the parties that I go to. What can they do for me? What can I get from this person? But I would say when you look at the life of Jesus and and, and when you read Scripture, I would put before you the way in which we should date is placing value upon people. When we read the book of Genesis, we see that humanity was created in God's image. The Imago Dei, that, that we were created in God's design. So would we be the people who, who value people the way in which we date? So you need to think through, am I going to build my life upon Jesus? And in the same way, will I build my relationships upon Jesus? Because Jesus says, if you build your life upon the rock, the, the wind and the waves can come, but you will not fall. So you need to make a determination for your life. Are you building your life upon the rock? And the person you're pursuing, are they building their life upon the rock? Are they building their life upon Jesus? You need to think through this. Is the person that you're pursuing building their life upon Jesus? Are are they actually submitted to Jesus? Or do they just say it's kind of like a nice part of their life? It's so important, this is the most important thing, that they would build their life upon Jesus. The second thing is that you need to build with vision. When when you are looking at the foundations upon your life, it's so important that you have vision, have clarity about what you want. Because I'll put before you that there's a generation who are dating blind that they're building their lives blind, that their eyes are closed, they're walking into things that they didn't expect to, that they're, they're making these mistakes because they don't have clarity and vision upon what they want for their life. Have you thought about what does your life look like when you're 70? And I was like, Josh, that's a long way away. But you need to think about it. What do you want your life to look like when you're 70? 
does the, does the picture that comes to mind as you've just accumulated these things, done all these things, or when you're 70, do you want to have a rich, deep, beautiful marriage that has the heritage of following Jesus? Do you want to have a beautiful family that you've raised children in the ways of Jesus? Do you want to have a beautiful family that you have great-grandchildren that are reaping the rewards of the sacrifices and the decisions you made as a young adult? You need to lift your eyes and think, what does the future of my life look like? What's the vision and the way in which I'll go? You need to think through these things because if you just date for the sake of dating, I would candidly say that's stupid. It's going to create heartache and pain that you don't deserve to go through. Let the vision of your life determine the decisions that you make today. Let, let the clarity of, I want to be known as someone who follows Jesus and took faith steps and followed him to the ends of the earth and did what he had for me. And I had someone by my side in a beautiful marriage that I had that determines the way in which you make your decisions for your life. What's the vision for your life? Where do you want to go in your life? And practically, I would say, if you have vision, you need to start watching and observing as you live. Young lady, watch the way that, and, and use your eyes to observe the way he treats his mother, because that's how he'll treat you. Young man, listen to the way that she speaks about her friends, because that's how she'll speak about you one day. Is it life-giving, or is it pure gossip and, and po speaking poorly about you? Watch and observe the way they interact in, in, in social settings. Is it, is it quick-tempered and judgmental or is it generous and, and life-giving? Like watch and observe and have vision and say, that's the kind of person I want to be with. Don't go around dating blind. Then the next thing is that you need to build together. Build together. And our time's nearly come to an end and we're, we're about to close up here, but this, this is so important to understand that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 6, verse 14, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? The, the way I would put this before you is what are your priorities when it comes to dating? What are the things that you want? Because we live in a culture in a day and age that... Um, thinks it's okay to pull little characteristics here and there, but aren't actually interested in character and substance. We live in a culture in a day and age that goes to the fantasy factory and makes up this fantasy in their mind that is very, very selfish at the heart of it. We live in a day and age where there's this idea of just casual dating, like, ah, there's not really much commitment here, like, ah, like, man, let's, let's, keep, it, let's keep it low key. But you're just stumbling around and I want to put before you today, do you have vision and do you understand this reality that it's so important, important who you partner with and build a life together with? It's not just some casual thing to step into, but you need to feel the appropriate weight when it comes to this decision that you're making. When Paul writes this idea of being yoked together, I think sometimes in church culture, it's like, don't get with the wrong person. And people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what I mean? But it's like, no, you need to see the beautiful opportunity at hand. This is a good thing who you yoke with. It makes you better. It makes you stronger. You need to see the reality that you can actually get an amazing teammate in life. This idea of a yoke is, is in essence two animals joined together, pulling in the same direction. And that's this analogy is, do you have the understanding that who you're building with 
matters and it can actually make you stronger, more effective, more efficient in the way you live your life. But in the same respect, if you partner yourself together with someone that isn't building their life upon Jesus, you're going to constantly be dragging them around. You don't want to partner with someone who, who you're dragging and say, come on, can we go to church this Sunday? Come on, can we go to group this week? Come on, will you please just have a quiet time? You don't want that. You want to build your life upon the rock and have someone else who is building their life upon the rock. Because that's going to fuel you. That's going to make you understand the reality that you can actually have someone who's a five-star teammate. You're ride or die. There's someone who, I, I joke and say all the time, I'm riding the Taylor train, man. Because she's so much better than me. She she's makes me amazing. I, I've just gotten an amazing woman in Taylor. And the same can be true for you when you understand this reality. Build together. Build an incredible life together. Build a future together that, that you see the opportunity that's at hand as this person has built their life upon the rock and you yourself are building a life upon the rock. Because the pressure of the world will come, but you have a teammate who you're building with. And so I would ask you is what direction are you heading in? Think about this. What direction do you want your life to head in? When you have vision for the way in which you'll go, do you have direction and sense of clarity upon, hey, I want to build together with this person? I don't just say this for the sake of saying this, but you need to think through, uh, do you have the same direction when it comes to your money? Like think through this. Does the person you want to date and pursue actually see their money the way in which God views money? That they want to put their first 10% into the house of God and live a life of generosity and for kingdom good? Or are they just selfish? Is, is the person that you want to partner with living in the same direction of how they one day want to use their house? Do they want to open it up to their neighbors and love the people around them? Or are they just selfish? And they just want to accumulate things for themselves? Do you want to partner yourself together with someone who will raise children in the same way that you would desire? Because it's easy to date someone who maybe isn't, quote-unquote, equally yoked right now. It's easy to go to, go to the movies with that girl who, who's not really following Jesus. But when you're 30 years old and you're making a decision about the future of your children, it matters. It matters the way in which you partner yourself together with someone who also is building their life upon the rock. Because it informs the way in which you will live. Because young lady, I would say to you, don't just buy the lie that, that that guy says that he's a Christian. Is he submitted to Christ? Is he putting his, his yes on the table for Jesus with everything? Build something that you understand the reality that they want Jesus desperately. And that's the kind of person you want to build together with. So we're about to finish and the band are about to come and we're about to sing. But I just wanted to, to land with this thought that your life does not start when you get married. Your life does not start when, when, when you cross that, that wedding line and you start marriage. Your life has started. <laughs> Wake up. Feel this. There's an invitation on the table for all of you to understand that God wants to use you right now. You don't have to wait until one day to find the perfect person for your life to start. Jesus invites you when we read the Sermon on the Mount into a life of following Him.
And I need everyone to feel tonight this reality. That when it comes to dating, people might have scars, people might have stories that they've, they've wrestled with and made mistakes, and there's no shame in this room tonight. You can smile because Jesus has demonstrated his love for you. The posture of love is his arms extended upon that cross. And he says, would you come to me? Would you commit your relationships to me? Would you build your life upon the rock? And you don't need to wait until one day marriage is not going to fulfill you. Jesus is what fulfills you. Another person will not complete you. Jesus is that. And who you choose to partner with in life can be a great teammate, but you need it tonight. Get your eyes upon Jesus. And say, I'm going to build my life upon Jesus. Because the truth is this. Is that life will quote unquote, punch you in the face. There's going to be difficulties in life. Jesus doesn't say, hey, if the winds come, it says when they come. The rain will fall and the house will be tested. And I want you to feel tonight and just think through, have I built my life upon the rock? Am I trusting what the Bible says, what the Word of God says, the way in which to follow Him and to live my life? Or am I just letting culture determine the way in which I'll live? Am I letting that Netflix show that I'm watching kind of inform the way I want to date? Am I listening to society, what Hollywood's saying? Or are we going to Jesus saying, hey God, what do you have for me? And let that shape the way in which you will live. Because I, I have learned in life that I am so thankful for the rock and firm foundation of Jesus. And if I could encourage you with anything when it comes to your dating, Jesus isn't just saying, good luck on building your life. Good luck on building your house. He's saying, no, I want to be a part of it with you. I want to be in your everyday moments with you. You don't have to go off and try your best, do it alone, and, and, and feel like you make all these mistakes and all this thing. No, 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 no. I want to be with you. You don't need to feel shame anymore. You don't need to feel the weight anymore. I'm with you. I'm with you. And I feel like we, in culture, we, we, we let the, there's so much pressure hang on our shoulders when it comes to dating and relationships. And I just get this sense tonight that that's, there's going to be freedom in our worship. As we get a picture of the future, we're not worried about trying to follow what society says the way in which we live. We're just like, I just want you, Jesus. And I want you in my dating, I want you in my marriage, and I want you in my future. So would you stand with me? Jesus says in John 16, I have said these things to you, that in me you have, may have peace. You know there's peace in Jesus? He wants to give you peace. And he goes on to say, in the world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Uh, no one here is immune to difficulty and heartache and to pain. 
But you need to know that there's an invitation upon the table for you to build your life upon Jesus. And let that have a radical implication upon the way in which you will date. As I can tell you with, for, for, with great confidence, after being with Taylor for a decade, that life has tried its best. to The, the pressure of the world has hit upon our lives. I will never forget the moment when I got the phone call from my dad that my mom had suddenly passed away two years ago. And I remember having to call Taylor after weeping and this pain just searing like I've never experienced before. I remember this heartache just crippling in over me. But I remember calling her and saying, hey babe, and telling her that what had happened and getting in my car and driving to go pick her up and I remember that moment when I saw her, it was like this moment of peace in the midst of darkness. Because I saw a woman who had built her life upon Jesus, and therefore in turn, it had, our, our, our house, our marriage was built upon Jesus. And we would walk the journey of grief and heartache and pain, and we would get majorly shaken, but somehow we're still standing. And that's on offer for you tonight. That you can stand on the rock upon Jesus and when you date and if you date, build that with your life. And have vision and clarity upon where you want to go and build something significant together. Because we're all building something with our lives, but the question is what? What are you building upon? So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want to pray and then we're going to sing and, and, and worship. But I just feel in this moment that there might be people, uh, two groups of people. Uh, the first is, honestly, you just, you've heard about Jesus. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you've heard people talk about Jesus. But you're hearing about this reality that you can have a firm foundation upon Jesus. And you need to hear tonight that Jesus died upon a cross for you, for your sin, for your heartache, and your brokenness. And His arms are extended wide, and He wants a relationship with you. That you can spend eternity with Him. And this is not just something you check off, but He wants relationship with you. And if that's you tonight, I just simply want to pray for you. And so I'm going to count to three in a moment. If you want a relationship with Jesus, you want Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, would you raise your hand on the count of three? One, two, three. It's awesome. There's people raising their hand. Come on, keep putting them up. Put your hand, you can put your hand up. It's awesome. Awesome. It's amazing. I believe there's people across the state reaching out. You can put your hand down, and I'm going to pray for you. God, I thank you for these people who are reaching out to you right now, saying, I want a relationship with you. I pray for, for them to feel the reality of your love, that you are the firm foundation. And God, I pray that they would know that they are yours, that you have chosen them, they can spend eternity with you that they feel as washed and as white as snow, that there's nothing, no shame, no baggage, nothing that they need to carry anymore. Because of you, Jesus, we thank you that you are here and you are a savior. And you saved us. And you saved these people. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Can we celebrate these people raising a hand? Come on.